0: Welcome to the Driving Your Marketing Podcast, where small business entrepreneurs come to discover the strategies, systems, and tools to kick their marketing into high gear. If you want to go from surviving small business owner to thriving entrepreneur, you're in the right place. Let's get ready to roll. Alright, welcome everybody. This is Eli Delaney with Your Marketing University and the Driving Marketing Podcast. We are here to share fun, cool stories and conversations with amazing marketers that I meet from throughout the world. The whole point of this is to share with you things you can do, you can implement in your business today. Not things that are going to have to take you a lot of time, a lot of money, things like that, but things that you can actually implement right away to basically dispel the myth that marketing has to be complicated, scary, or... I've actually even had people tell me it's like black magic and voodoo before. I don't want you to be that way. I want you to get out there and realize that marketing is the backbone of your business, it's what grows it, and of course, it can be a lot of fun in the process. So today's guest is a really cool friend of mine, Michelle Sism, and it's great because she and I have known each other for multiple years in the internet marketing space. We ran in a lot of the same circles, but we'd never actually met face-to-face until last summer where she had a seminar in Seattle, and I'm in Portland, so I drove up to Seattle just to come and hang out with her. It was so much fun. So let me tell you a little bit about Michelle. She is the leading authority on business growth and an international speaker. She's a radio show host, which I've been a guest on. It was a lot of fun. She's an author, the founder of DecisiveMinds.com. She's also a serial entrepreneur. She's got an amazing story to tell you with that, and she has done so many amazing things. So Michelle, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: I am so excited to be here. You know, you mentioned that radio show that um, we did together when you were on my show. That's our number one highest listened to show to date. I don't know if you knew that. I didn't. Awesome. uh, It was a really good show, guys.
0: (laughs) Well, cool. Thank you so much. That that means a lot to me because I I had so much fun doing it. And it was cool because that was actually the first time you and I actually talked, which was, I always find so entertaining because... You and I have ran in the same circles. We've we've connected in a few things. I actually, I think the very first time that I consciously knew who you were was when I signed up as part of the Ultimate Blog Challenge that you and Michelle Schaefer did together. And and so from then, you know, we've been in the same circles. We hung out. We've got some of the best, some, some of the coolest friends that we both have in common, yet we'd never had a chance yeah. to actually talk until that show and then not too long after that, you said that I saw something about you were going to start your tour and you were going to be up in Seattle. I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. And I think I was probably one of the first people to sign up for it.
1: You were. You yeah. were. So, and, and that was a great day. It's, it's one of the fun things about what we do in that we do create this whole community out there in, in the world, and we've never necessarily met them face-to-face. And then when we do get to meet them, it's like, you know, boom, it just takes it to the next level. So very cool.
0: Yeah, well, and and that's that really brings before we get into everything else. I want to kind of say that that does bring in a really important point that you know I get people that it amazes me they kind of think in that small world mentality of you know that there's one thing about being community oriented. There's another thing to be stuck in a really small box and. I always think that that's so entertaining because people talk about, well, you know, I got to do business with so-and-so here because they're, you know, across town type of thing. And I'm like, well, why can't you go global? Why can't you share your skills and your expertise with people all over the world? Because that's what I do. And it's not that hard. And it's so much fun because I I get conversations with people in Australia, New Zealand, the UK all the time. And it's just, it's such a cool Global community anymore, and the fact, like you and I, have been friends for multiple years without actually, you know, actually meeting right. face to face. That's such a fun, fun experience. So let's get I, into. Uh, well, go ahead. I want to let you talk.
1: Well, I was going. I was going to say. I, I I hear people say the same thing all the time, Eli. And what's so, you know, what my response is? <laughs> I, I live in Louisiana. I don't have a single client in the state of Louisiana. Not mm-hmm. one client. I don't have. A, you know, no one here in town. It's it, they're all over. They're all over this country. I have a you know, client in Australia. It's yeah, it's completely international at this point. We have no, we just don't have barriers like we used to have.
0: Right, which is right? so so much fun. And you know, the funny thing, you bring up the fact that you don't have any clients there. Um, I always find it entertaining that I have more clients in the Phoenix area, which is where I was for eighteen years before I moved up here, than I ever did while I was there.
1: While you were there. Yeah.
0: It's like as soon as I move here, all of a sudden I'm a hit there, which I find really entertaining. And I was like, okay, well, I need to move more often or something. I'm not sure.
2: This might be true. <laughs> yeah, very
0: cool. So let's go ahead and get in. Tell us a little bit about how did you get started in this whole world? Give us a little bit more of your background.
1: Yeah, so I am, uh, as you as you said earlier in the call, a serial entrepreneur. I'm, I'm actually a third-generation entrepreneur. So. When I was born, my family owned a grocery store, a mobile home park, and a record service. And uh, so I I came into the world um, just thinking that's the way things were done. You know, I I started working in the grocery store at the age of five when I was tall enough to see over the edge of the paper bags. And, um, you know, I I tell the story all the time because it's very funny. They paid me in toys, I thought. I thought everybody worked at the age of five. I had no clue. You know. You got paid in toys. Who would not do this, right?
2: Mm -hmm. And
1: um so it's been a very long um existence. It is the way I was raised and the way I've lived my entire life. I ended up actually, um my father started a trucking company when I was seven. Uh when I came out of college I have a degree in accounting. I ended up in that trucking company and took it to, you know, my brother and I I uh, built it to a multi-million dollar company and sold it in 2007, and I retired in my early 40s and um, learned very quickly that it's hard as an entrepreneur to retire. <laughs> I I thought it was just going to be this life of luxury, I guess, and, and glamour and travel and all of that, and I forgot my kids were still in high school, and my husband's still out of company, and, you know, I got bored really quickly, and so I spent most of 2009, trying to figure out what I was going to do in my next, you know, what was the next big thing, and I ended up at a marketing event in California for uh, Adam Urbanski. I didn't know a soul there. I I had just heard of him a couple of weeks before, and um, I walked into this world that I didn't even know existed, the (laughs) whole world of business consulting and business coaching Mm -hmm. and online marketing and, and all of these things I knew nothing about. But I sat there and went, wow, I can do this. This is something I can do. So I hired him to coach me at that very moment before I had a business. I hired him and said, can you teach me how to make money with my knowledge? And he said, absolutely. So here I am. Um, January 10th will actually be my fifth anniversary in this business. Um, this year we'll do right at three quarters of a million dollars in coaching. And, you know, it's just it's been a wild ride and a lot of fun. And I absolutely love what I did. I love helping entrepreneurs figure out how to make more money so,
2: wow,
0: awesome, yeah. and that is so much fun. It's a great story and i and I love the you know the concept of you went to you know the first seminar and said okay yeah i'm I'm hooked, and I remember yeah. that my for me it was actually i came from my first company was my web and graphic design company, and I'd grown that really well I grew it to um, five employees in office, three to five contracts a week. We were just totally crushing it. And then I started getting bored and didn't actually like it anymore. And right around that time, I actually went to a conference with Joe Polish in the Phoenix area. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I was there. I met, um, let's see, I met Tim Ferriss there. I met Joe Sugarman. Um, I don't even remember who all else was there. Cameron Johnson was there. And then one of them was Armand Morin. And he was my first marketing mentor. I oh. Yeah, and so I actually I got hooked on his stuff, and I've gotten to know him for years. He's been I've been part of his coaching program for since two thousand seven now, and he's always taught me some amazing stuff. And but that was where I got hooked. And the the most important thing for me was I saw him up on stage teaching this stuff, and I'm like, that's what I want to do. That is so cool, and that's where I got hooked from it. So I totally get that. Yep,
1: it's an amazing world.
0: Awesome. so so tell me a little bit you know what is some of the what are some of the big things that you work on with entrepreneurs?
2: so
1: most of my clients um, are looking for a couple of things number one, when they come to me they're um, there's usually a disconnect for them in figuring out how to get clients in the door and so that is either a messaging issue, so you know I've, there's a lot of times when we we are all really good at what we do. That's just, it's honest tr- truth. We wouldn't be doing what we do if we weren't that good at it. What we're not great at is explaining it to others in a way that they see a need to hire us. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times we have a tendency to be in our jargon or, you know, um, it's it's just not natural to go really basic with what we do. And uh, And so we work a lot on messaging with people, number one. Um, the second thing would be that a lot of times people come to me and they feel like they don't know what it is that they're selling. And that comes from that mentality of, well, I can do this and I can do this and I can do this. And so, I, you know, I want to be sure that I'm doing everything. I don't want to leave any money on the table.
2: Mm-hmm. And when we, from
1: that mentality, mm-hmm. instead of going, you know what, this is who I am. This is what I'm going to stand up and be known for. And these are the three packages that I sell. And I'm going to make someone fit into that. Instead of, oh, I'm going to, you know, every phone call we're making up something new. You know, this person's getting two hours of coaching and this person's getting group stuff and this person, you know, everybody's getting something different. So I think there's a place for entrepreneurs to really look at that. It doesn't matter what industry you're in. Um, You know, I work with mostly service-based entrepreneurs, but I see it across all industries that there's this, you know, this desire to make sure that you can work with anyone who walks in the door. Mm-hmm. And, and we do that by making it up on the spot, and, and I'm all for creative, being creative on the toes. However, when we have an outline of what we do and we know how that drives revenue and, and we know what you do very well, which is the marketing behind it, right? That's the conversation, is what's the marketing to get it there.
2: Right. And
1: then, and then the third thing for us is really the whole idea of understanding the marketing and the sales conversation. And so what do we do to drive them into our funnel? What do we do to drive them to a phone conversation so we can have a sales conversation? What do we do to let them, you know, let us, have them let us walk in the door so we can talk to them and have coffee? And then how do we talk to them? And what do we say? And what, what motivates them to say yes? Right? It's, it's really surprising. Actually, I don't know if it's that surprising. I don't think it's a natural thing for the majority of, of us. We're not necessarily born salespeople. We know some people that are, right? But
2: the mm-hmm. majority of us
1: are not. I wouldn't consider myself to be a born salesperson, even though I'm a serial entrepreneur, right? So, yeah, that's kind of where we like to play.
0: Awesome, and then, and you said a couple of really important things there. You know, number one is that you you talked about you know what you know first thing we have a messaging issue, and I think a lot of entrepreneurs have this, and I've definitely been in that situation where. I know what I do and I know that I'm awesome at it, but trying to explain that to somebody else is sometimes it's, it's tends to be difficult. You know, I'm a systems guy and you and I have talked about this. I'm a systems guy. I'm an infusion soft guy. And it's not just infusion soft, but basically how do you streamline and automate the parts and pieces to make sure things don't slip through the cracks. And a lot of times, a lot of entrepreneurs, especially younger entrepreneurs or even offline businesses tend to not even have a clue about that. They are so in their day to day that, they don't, they have a hard time understanding it. And of course I have a hard time explaining it. And so that's, I mean, we, a lot of us run into that situation. And the second thing you talked about was not knowing what you're selling because you're trying to sell everything to everybody. That one totally hits home for me because I've been there before. And I think a lot of people are, I know it amazes me how many people I talk to that, that today they're selling this product and tomorrow they're selling something totally different. And of course, I deal with people that are in the network marketing world as well as coaches and consultants, but I find that they, they kind of jump around and the next thing you know, he's like, you don't know what they're doing day to day.
1: Yeah. And in Infusionsoft, they have about 600 products listed, right?
0: Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I love what you did there is that you, you broke it down into, you know, what are these three packages? Keep it simple. And that's something that we've actually gone through in our own stuff. I've actually been simplifying my own processes and systems down to really promote certain specific things down the road some of the additional you know upsells and additional pieces that will complement those products are in the funnel but on the front end this is what they see and it's for that same reason to keep it simple so we don't get overwhelmed and confused and sporadic about what we tell you know tell people that we actually do which then leads to that third Piece, which was the sales conversation. And I have to say, that's the one that I think, even for me, I had the hardest time with that to begin with because when I first really kind of started taking off in my business, I knew I was a marketer, but I wasn't a salesman. And they are two different sides of the coin, but you do have to have both. And that's where a lot of people tend to think, well, I don't want to be salesy. I don't want to be pushy because they think of, you know, the salesman or the sales, you know, that sales conversation of, that stereotypical concept of the used car salesman and that's not what it's about you know i always like the the phrase that sales is just basically um, having a conversation to help somebody make a decision that's going to help them and that's really what it boils down to
1: yeah so i think that a lot of times if we can if we can change our thought process around what that sales conversation is so i think that You know, you 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 hit the nail on the head when you said, you know, that people don't want to be that pushy, icky salesperson, but you don't have to in this day and age. There's, you know, relationship marketing, which I'm sure you talk a lot about on the show, the Mm -hmm. whole um, no, like, trust, buy, right? I remember in 2009 when I heard that for the first time and thought, oh, God, how do I go through that that process? But once we figured that out, understanding, number one, the message so that the marketing is done correct so that they come through a process where they get to the point where they do trust you. And when someone trusts you and you have a sales conversation with them, then, you know, there's no more icky salesmen. There's, there's you stepping into your uh, belief that you're there to solve a problem for them. And, and, which is what's really cool about it, is that when you have that conversation, if you're not the right person to fix that,
2: there have been many
1: times I'm in the middle of self-conversation and I say, you know what? You don't need me yet. You need to go fix this piece.
2: Mm-hmm. Or you need to
1: go get your mindset done. Right? you got to fix these other things before I can come in and, and help you. Right. And so that's very empowering when you are when you are uh, confident in your sales process and you're not coming at it from, a, oh my God, I need money today. Oh my God, how am I going to pay my rent tomorrow?
2: Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. And a lot of that comes from Setting up the correct process, the messaging, the marketing, the ways for them to build a relationship with you. Sometimes people move through that in two seconds, and sometimes it takes them two years, right? I mean, it, it amazes me every once in a while. You know, in Infusionsoft, because I'm a big Infusionsoft user, uh, when people come into the to the list or the into your program, they get a number, right? And um, I remember I was I had about eight thousand people on the list at this point, maybe a couple of years ago. And, um all of a sudden, person number forty seven bought something from me, and it was the first i mean they had been on there since you know pretty much day one in mm-hmm. two thousand and ten, yeah, and it took them several years to move themselves through the process to wanting to buy something yeah so
0: it's so funny, and I love that you shared that because I had somebody just recently um that probably about a month, month and a half ago maybe, have ended up buying one of my programs and they had actually been on a webinar. They'd signed up for a webinar of mine three years ago. Yeah. And exactly. this was when they, they finally were at that point where they're ready. And it was the it was that perfect timing of the right right product at the right time with the right message. And so many times we we tend to discount that. We tend to forget that people don't buy from us Uh, not necessarily because they don't like the products or don't need the products it's because the timing isn't right as well and that could be for whatever reason maybe right now they don't realize it's the right product for them or it just may not be the right product for them and and you brought up another really important thing of the fact of being being open and willing to tell them that when you see that your product is not the right product for them you know because that that's a huge piece but then you may find somebody that that two months ago or two years ago or three years ago like in this situation they just, they weren't ready at that time, but today they are. And now they're like, okay, let's do this. And so that's the great thing about switching that sales conversation to a different, different direction of where it's not the pushy sales guy. It's not the, the stereotypical, you know, sleazy, sleazy guy that's in your face. This is just a matter of having a conversation and saying, Hey, this is how I can help you. Here's the results that you'll get and when you're ready, let me know. And in the meantime, let me give you great value and tips and tricks and resources and things that can help you along the way.
2: Yeah,
1: I, I think that um, in that process, when we can really stand up for our own power, right, sometimes that prospect needs us to um, believe for them. Okay, so when, when we are in a conversation, a, a sales conversation, and we know that all purchases are made through emotion, plain and simple. You know, we, we have an emotional attachment to something or we have an emotional reaction to something. We are moved through emotion. That's how we make decisions. Mm-hmm. And so when we're in that sales conversation and someone is, you know, they're very much in there, oh, my gosh, should I spend my money on this? Or, you know, I know I need it, but I don't know if I want to spend the money. Or there's there's lots of things coming up. You know, i I got to ask my husband or whatever. Sometimes we need to get to that point where we're like, you know what, you asked me for this conversation. And you wouldn't have asked for the conversation if you didn't know you needed help. What is really going on for you right now? And that's another very powerful place to be in. I'm not pushing sales by any means whatsoever, but I will ask you what's really going on. You know, if, mm-hmm. if somebody says to me, I, I just don't have the money, the first thing I'll do is I'll say, so, okay, great. So if, what you're telling me is that if you had the money, you would absolutely do this? And then they'll usually say absolutely yes, right?
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: then I can do a couple of things. I can start talking about, well, so first of all, let's talk about where you could get the money. And if they're him and hawing at that point, I know that this isn't really the issue. There's something else that's the issue. I need to find out what that something else is. Well, I'm too scared to tell... Myself, that I to spend this kind of money or um, you know, whatever those other issues may be. It may be that I've worked with someone else before and it didn't work then. Why would it work now? Those may be the real problems that are going on. But if I just let someone say to me, oh, I don't have the money right now. And I, I go, okay, great, because remember, I'm not being pushy, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I say, okay, great. Well, so great. Let's talk about it in three months. Well, that might not have been the problem at all. Right. If I didn't – it's not about pushing – it's about being very confident in my ability to help you that I can ask those questions and say, okay, so are you sure? What else? What else? Those are my two favorite words, by the way. <laughs> what else? Okay. So if the money were fixed, what else would stop you from doing this? And um, I used to be a Mary Kay sales director. I was a Mary Kay sales director for five years. And one of the things I learned then, one of the things they taught us in the sales process was that people never give you the right excuse the first time it's just an excuse the first time it's the third reason that's the real reason that they're not buying from you so you know if we let them off the hook the first thing they say to us then we may not even we may not be addressing the real issue so just is my little advice there on the sales conversation and you really stepping into your owning your ability to help them in doing whatever it is you do, whether you provide social media services or you are a coach or are you put together funnels for people, whatever yeah. it is, right, step into the ability that you're there because you can help them.
0: Right. And I really do love that, that, you know, you've got to own your ability to help them. And that's what the sales conversation really is. That's what it's actually supposed to be. It's not about trying to be pushy. It's about saying, okay, I know I can help you. And if you know that you can't, and or at least are just kind of not sure if you can, that's fine too. Then your job as, you know, that sales decision or that sales conversation is for you to say, okay, you know what? I'm not quite the right fit for you right now but this might be a way for you to go and I've had that time I've had that multiple times before too where somebody just wasn't a good fit for me and I've either referred them to another another trainer or coach like myself that might be a better fit for them or sometimes I'm just saying you know what I know that this person is not ready. Maybe they don't have the budget. And I know this based on the conversation. There's no doubt about it that they really don't have any money. I'm not going to turn around and say, okay, I want to take your money anyway, because I'm not so sure that that's going to be a good fit. You know, and and I'm like, I'm not sure that they're going to do the work that is going to give the return that they should. So I'm like, you know what? Why don't we do this? Go buy this book. It's going to cost you 15 bucks read the book, do the stuff in the book, and then come back and let's talk in a couple months. And I I really would love to work with you, but I think you're just not quite ready for this yet. But the stuff in that will probably help you
1: out right away. Yeah, and what's what's so important in what you're saying is that, again, that's building relationships. And so, you know, if I look back over my business over these five years, and that first year, guys, you know, I had sold a multi-million dollar business and I came into this business, and the first year I did a whopping $12,000 dollars. I thought I had fallen in a hole, okay? What I know now is that I was building the base relationship with a lot of people. Because I had a lot of people hire me in the second, third, fourth, fifth year. That is because their relationship finally got to the point where they were ready to make Mm -hmm. the box, right? Yeah. And so, you know, what you're saying is is so very true. It's that next step. Let them first of all, they're going to be like, oh my God, you're my hero. You didn't try to take my money. You knew that I just needed to go read this book first.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay? So that's that's an important important place for you to be playing as well in the relationship building. And then the other thing I want to say about this is that um, what you have to remember is that you're not going to close every sale. If you do close every sale, then you and I need to have a conversation because you don't charge enough. That's <laughs> always my go-through answer on that. Um, the, but, you know, it's kind of like the whole baseball thing, right? Um, in sales, in this industry, I must say, in this industry, and in, in a lot of industries, if you can close twenty to twenty-five percent of the conversations, you are a star. If you can close thirty percent, you're a god. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the average person coming into their own business closes ten to fifteen percent of their sales. That's one in ten conversation and those conversations only count if you actually ask for the money which is by the way the other problem
2: mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so don't actually
1: ask for the sale right however I won't get on that big um, soapbox. <laughs> um, but if you're if you are have an expectation to close ten to fifteen percent or even twenty percent you're only talking two out of ten one out of five conversations. So you're going to get a lot of no's, and you need to go out there and find those people that are going to be no's as well, mm-hmm. right?
0: Yeah. How do, Out of curiosity, have you read the book Go for No by Andrea Waltz?
1: No, but you know what? You're the second person to to mention that book to me in about a three-week period. So I'm writing it down right now. All right. I'm ordering it as soon as we get off here. Yeah.
0: Um, And just an FYI, you might want to even... um, I'll be happy to connect you with Andrea, um, but you might want to have her on your show as well. She's a total rock star. I actually read that book, I think it was in 2007, maybe 2009. I have it actually here somewhere around my desk. Um, But it was funny because I actually did do an interview with her not that long ago, and... I pulled out the book. I had actually got the book by a recommendation from a friend many, many years ago, and I had read it, and when I pulled out the book, I was going to flip through it and, you know, read it again before the interview just so I could get caught up on some of the, the stuff that she talks about in it, and I pulled out my bookmark was, that I had had in there was actually a hockey ticket for a Coyotes hockey game in Phoenix, and it actually had the date on it, so I'm like, oh, wow, okay, now I know how long I've had this book. Um, but it's a really easy read and it's, and that's the great thing about it. The whole concept is you go for no. Don't go for the yeses because if you go for the yeses, you're going to be disappointed because you're going to think, well, I made a hundred phone calls and I only got 10 people to actually talk to me and, you know, all that negative back talk that comes through. But if you go for the fact is I'm going to shoot for a hundred no's today, the law of averages works out that you're going to get 10 yeses just because those are the numbers, right? You and I both know the numbers. That's typical sales numbers across the board in just about every industry yeah. so yeah. the the gist of it is basically you go for as many no's as you can possibly get because you know that the more no's you get the closer to it yes you're going to be
1: mm-hmm. absolutely so
0: definitely check it out Very it's a good.
1: What, great book tell me her name again
0: andrea, andrea waltz, waltz. Mm-hmm. okay the, great. w-a-l-t-z um, and she's a lot of fun she's a great interview she's a lot of fun and of course you know you and anybody else listening you can always look it up um, I did an interview with her just a couple months ago so on the drivingmarketing.com website just do a quick search for Andrea and she'll come up good. awesome so this has been a fun fun conversation so what are some of the you know what are some of the actual you know, actionable tactics that you you think are good for people that are just starting out and trying to okay here are the things that you need to get in place and start taking action on today
1: Mm, good, 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 good. Well, so if if you're like super new, right? So if you're building the visibility piece of it, you got to get out there first of all and get in front of people. And so, you know, um, outlining a little talk would be fantastic, and then having getting invited on shows like this, um, or getting invited to speak in front of luncheons or whatever, you need to be put yourself in a position where you can start meeting people, so you can actually have these sales conversations right?
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, So that would be my first thing. I will tell you guys in the beginning, no one knew who I was, even though I had had extreme success as an entrepreneur. No one in this world knew me. Mm -hmm. And um, so I actually started doing a show of my own where I would interview people. And being the interviewer was just as as beneficial as being the interviewee. Mm -hmm.
2: Um,
1: So I think that is an extremely smart strategy. It's a great thing that you can market And put yourself out there, build your list with it, and uh, start building relationships with these people. Um,
0: Let's talk about that for a second because that's something I, I tell people this all the time. And I think maybe your perspective on it might even drive it home a little bit further is, that when we're talking about getting in front of people and putting together a talk and speaking, we're not talking about becoming a professional speaker like you and I are. You know, you can, if that's if that's the direction you want to go, that's perfectly fine. And it's an awesome, awesome, fun business to be in. But you could be a landscaper and just having a basic, you know, 10 or 20 minute talk on, you know, some things that you can do to keep, keep your yard green in the Arizona 110 degree heat. You know, things like that something very basic that you can do and you can just talk about. And just like you said, you go to local local meetup groups or chambers or B&I groups, things like that, where you can basically get in front of a group and start talking to them. That's a huge way to get started. And going to that next level, like these kind of shows, like what we're doing, the fun thing about this is that if you're a guest on these shows, if even if you're in a guest on somebody's show who's across the the nation, that's an extra credibility piece, you know, and you may not get clients from somebody in Florida if you're in LA, but what ends up happening is then you can turn around and say, well, I've been on the driving Your marketing podcast or the decisive minds podcast, you know, the things like that, it actually adds that credibility piece. And so you start getting that extra exposure. And when people start looking you up and saying, okay, is this the right person for me? They see all these different places. That you've you know that you've spoken at that are nationwide. They're like, oh wow, he's he's the best person. I mean, he's an expert or she's an expert, and that's where a lot of this really comes into play.
1: I I think there's some well I know for a fact there's big fear that comes in around that, and mm-hmm. and everyone here needs to know <laughs> that I am extremely shy and introverted, but I forced myself to do it. I absolutely because I, I understood the value of, that the how quickly it has people see you as an expert, Mm -hmm. right? So um, I'm just challenging all of you who are out there thinking, ooh, I could never do that. You absolutely can. It does not have to be some big giant. You're standing on a stage in front of a 1,000 people. If there's a luncheon and they need somebody to come in and speak, and just like you said, it doesn't matter what your industry is, you can go in there and give them some tips. On, on your area of expertise. That's all you have to do. And afterwards, what happens is people walk up to you and go, oh, my God, you're brilliant. How can we talk?
2: Mm-hmm, yeah. Right?
1: And that's our whole goal is to talk to people. When, with my clients, we set a goal every single month of how many strategy sessions they're going to have. So the question is, how many new clients do you want this month? You want two, and if you close, um, you know, two out, of, two out of 10, are you closing at 20%? then that means you need to talk to 10 people. So you need to have 10 strategy sessions this month where you actually make an offer. Mm-hmm. And and so when you know that, when you know you're just looking for 10, where are you going to find those 10? You're going to find them, You know, some of them might come from social media, some of them might come from speaking engagements, some of them might be people you've known a long time in, in your town, right? Whatever that is, find those 10 people to have that conversation with and um, so that you can close those two new clients.
0: Right. now, I love that. And that is so, 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 so powerful. And, you know, it's funny because when I first started in this, I, again, I was talking about the fact I was a graphic designer. I had a web design company. And when I first started, the, the very first thing that I did was I joined a chamber of commerce and I met with one of their, you know, weekly networking groups. And I have this networking group where they, I come in and literally they're like, "We're well, great to have you. Th- you know, you got to stand up to your 30-second commercial. And I'm kind of stuttering over it the first time. And they're like, that's great. You know, you're the only web designer here. You should really come talk. So why don't you talk in two weeks? You'll have 10 minutes yeah. to present. And the first thing in my brain was, oh, crap. <laughs> you know, I have no clue what I was <laughs> going to talk about. And I was terrified. I had stage fright, you know. You know, for a lot of people don't realize I grew up in the music industry. I was actually a musician for many years. Problem is I got out of it because of the fact that I actually had stage fright. And so I did the back behind the scenes stuff. Once I actually realized that I was like, okay, well, I, I still love this industry. So I started doing staging and lighting and audio and all that kind of fun stuff. And I did that for quite a while before I got into any of this. But the whole reason I did that was because of the fact that I had stage fright and I was terrified to be in front of groups of people. And lo and behold, after all these years, you can get me in front of a group of 300 people and I don't be blink an eye, you know. It's because yeah. I've just gotten comfortable with it. And by the way, you did mention that you're an introvert. So, so am I. This is all learned skills. And that's one thing that's really, really fun to kind of hone in is for everybody listening to this, Michelle and I are both introverts by nature. That's it. So if you're an introvert, you're saying, oh, I could never do that because I, I'm too scared to do it. Guess what? Just take it one little step at a time. Go you know, go do your 30-second commercial, get to the, that comfort level, and then speak in front of a group of five people. Just that. Yeah. That's it. That's all you need. And over time, you'll get more comfortable, and you'll get better at it, and you'll practice it. And I know the very first couple of times, I mean, even now, I find old recordings of webinars that I did when I first started, and I'm like, oh, God, those were awful. <laughs> but you know what? I did it, and the funny thing about it was nobody else thought they were awful. Everybody else thought they were awesome.
1: Mm-hmm. So it just You know, I have the time. funniest story. Too, of of the, fir- the very first time I got asked to speak at a luncheon. Um, you know, I told you guys that that first year in 2010, I, I did like a whopping $12,000 in sales. Well, I never, I never went anywhere. I didn't network. I sat at my desk as the introvert and did everything from here um, that year, trying. I was going to build this million dollar business from behind my computer, right? And, um, you know, so I was interviewing other people, but I get a phone call one day, and it's a woman uh, from Houston who was the director of a, a networking event, and she says, you don't know me, but I've been watching you, and I, I would like you to come and speak to my, um, my group for my luncheon. She said, you could just come talk about your book. And I said, oh, okay, cool. So you heard about my new book? And she said, well, no, tell me about it. So I said, it's called Take Action, Get Profits, Five Ways to Massive Online Visibility. She said, okay, fantastic. That will be great. Come talk about that. And we set the thing. It's two weeks later. I hang up the phone, and I thought, okay, I've got to write that book. So <laughs> I <laughs> wrote the book in like two days. I couldn't get it printed, so I turned it into an ebook. I show up for the luncheon and, and I was really terrified. This is my very first in person speaking engagement. Mm-hmm. And um, my coach had helped me to design this little ninety seven dollar program I was gonna do. And so I get up, I do my twenty minutes, I, I tell them I have this ninety seven dollar program and I'm gonna give them a free copy of my book if they buy it. Twenty one women handed me ninety seven bucks. So I walk out the door with you know a little over $2,000, and I remember calling my coach and going, okay, I can do this. <laughs> I'm hooked. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, we just, it, I call it the 20 seconds of courage. When you're introverted and shy and somebody asks you to do something, say say yes really fast and so that you don't have time to say no and then um, get out there. And, and that was the beginning because, you know, that, that, that second year, I did over six figures, and the reason I did is because I put myself out there.
0: Awesome. So, I love that story. Mm-hmm. That is so, so cool. And you know, it's, it's fun when you actually stop and think about it, that sometimes being an entrepreneur, that's what it really, it really takes is that 20 seconds of courage. I was actually saying, okay, yeah. I'm not sure how I'm going to do it, uh, but yes, I am. And so the okay. answer to your question is
2: yes. And
0: mm-hmm. then you, then you scramble and figure out how to do it. But that's when you start, when you're, especially when you're first getting going, that's what you need. And over time, you'll, you'll get better at that where you can go, okay, yeah, I can take a calculated yes to this. Yeah. And then once you're, once you're successful and you're really doing well, then you can go through and, and pick and choose on the things that are like, eh, you know what? This one, I don't think I'm going to do, but that one, I have no clue what I'm going to do, but yeah, I'm going to get it done because it's going to be fun. And that's really a great place to be. Awesome. So, tell us a little bit more about the book because I know you got you got a launch coming up for that book, and let's go ahead and talk about that for a second.
1: I do, I do. I have um, my newest book that I just wrote it's called "Take the Risk or Get a Job," and um, in it, I talk about the three reasons that um, are holding most entrepreneurs back from their success or what it is that they're wanting, and that is that they're afraid, they're cheap, and they're lazy, and um, you know, fear stops us from doing a lot of things. You and I were just talking about that, right? So what are you allowing fear to stop you from doing? It may be as big as not going to speak. It may be as that you won't make the phone calls that you know you need to make or that you're not doing the marketing that you know you need to do because the fear of you might be doing it wrong, right? There's lots of fears for entrepreneurs that hold us back. Um, you know, the cheap part is you, I can... Pretty much guarantee you're not charging what you should be charging. Uh, 99% of my clients show up and I, that's one of the first things I do is change their pricing structure. And then the lazy part, I get it. Entrepreneurs aren't necessarily lazy. We think about business from the moment we wake up until the moment we fall asleep normally. Um, however, lazy comes in in that we're not doing the pieces that we're supposed to be doing. We're, we're, we're doing those things that we enjoy
2: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, pretty lazy on some of those other areas. And so the book really, um, you know, we've been talking about getting out there and speaking and, and um, I think having a book is so very important when you want to be a speaker as well. But this book is actually came from the outline of the new talk that I was giving. I, I just took the talk that I was doing and I expanded it and put it into a book. Right, in book format and I tell stories, you know, I added more stories to make the book a little bigger than the talk is.
2: Mm -hmm. And
1: um it's really great. In there I tell the story of um, you know, my my existence as an entrepreneur and the the day that the bank called and wanted their million and a half dollars back, you know, it wasn't a fun day and how we survived that and ended up, you know, fifteen years later selling the trucking company for multi millions and and so it covers a wide array of you know, just how to be successful as an entrepreneur. So, I'm really excited about it. We are going to have an official book launch in the first quarter of next year. Um, but yeah, the book's out, and, um, and you can find
2: it on our website, decisiveminds.com.
0: Awesome. Well, definitely, we will be linking to that for you, and. Um, you know, for everybody listening, I highly recommend you pick it up. I have, I've seen Michelle in action. I've followed her stuff for several years. I know I haven't had a chance to even look at the book yet because I haven't got my copy, but I hopefully will be getting one very soon and we'll be definitely be reading it. And I can guarantee without even reading it, I know there's going to be some great, great stuff in there because I just know your story. I know what you do for your clients. You had some amazing success stories and I am happy to help promote that book for
2: you
1: awesome thank you so much I'm, I'm really excited
0: about it it's gonna be fun so as we're, we're getting close to time here so let's go ahead and start wrapping up um, you know to one quick question that I have for you is if somebody were to go through they're listening to this they think this is awesome what would be the one thing that you'd say they need to do right now one action step that will take them to the next level one
1: action step I want them um, hmm, I want them to determine how many strategy sessions they're going to do this month and go book the first one. So find that one person that's going to have a sales conversation with you, so whether that is in person or online or through the phone or whatever you do, however you do it, Mm -hmm. find that one person, take the courage, or take the 20 seconds, (laughs) whatever it takes to pick up the phone and call them. Um, or email them, or message them on social media. That person you've been thinking, man, I'd really like to work
0: with them. Awesome. I love that. And that is, you know, for those of you that aren't in the the coaching side of things, a strategy session is essentially a consult. It's basically where you sit down and have a conversation with somebody and give them some ideas on how you can help them out and say, okay, here's what we would need to do to take it to the next level. That's all that is. It's just a basic conversation and... You know, any of us that that do coaching, that's kind of what we do is we basically have a conversation with somebody, okay, well, here's something you can do that would make a difference right now. And here's what I can do to help you along the way and take things to the next level. And that's really what it is. And of course, at the end of that conversation, it's a, and here's how much it is, you know? So, yeah, I mean, that's what it is, but it is such a, it actually is one of those things that we, we hold back on. We fear on. And it actually is much much easier conversation than you think it might be. So I think it's a great action step. Simply stop and say, "Okay, I'm gonna, I want to do 20 strategy sessions this month." And that, if you do just that, you'll yep. see an increase in your
1: business. Yep. That that means opening up the space on your calendar to hold them. Mm-hmm. That's a very important piece of that. By the way, is knowing when you want to fill the you know know the slots, make a list, go fill those slots.
0: Right, I love that. Awesome. So we're going to go ahead and wrap things up here. How can people get to find out more about you?
1: Yeah, so you can uh, visit us at our website, which is DecisiveMinds, dot com, or connect with me through social media. On Twitter, I'm Results Lady. You can find me on Facebook, Facebook.com forward slash DecisiveMinds, or, or look me up in person. At, I would just love to be connected. LinkedIn, whatever, you, whatever you're doing out there. connect with
0: <laughs> awesome well michelle thank you so much for coming and hanging out with me today it's it's always a pleasure to chat with you you and i have some really fun conversations and we definitely need to do more of them but having this one recorded that we could actually share with everybody else was such a pleasure so much fun and one thing i always put out there is if there's anything that i can do to help you out reach out and let me know
1: awesome thank you so much Eli. This has been so much fun i i love having these conversations right where we can help people out, give them
0: some tips and just fun while we're doing it. So. Awesome. Love it. So for everybody listening, hopefully you got some great value out of this. I know I definitely did. And I know Michelle, um, but do us a favor as we're wrapping up here to me, do me one big favor. If you got something, you have one actionable thing that you're going to get out there and do, go to iTunes and let us know what that one thing is. I'd love it if you do just a quick little review and just post a little note on there saying, Hey, this is what I'm going to take action on. Um, that really helps us see what's going on, how things turned out, what you think of the show. And of course, we love to see what those action steps are. So you can do that at drivingyourmarketing.com slash iTunes, and that'll take you right to the iTunes page where you can write a quick review for us. We love that. It'll only take you a minute tops, and it means the world to us. So with that, get out there, have an amazing rock star week. And as always, we'll see you in the next episode. Take care. Hey there, this is Eli again, and I got a question for you. Do you have a roadmap for marketing your business? If you're consistently looking for new marketing ideas just to keep your business going, then you need to check out smallbusinessmarketingroadmap.com and download the free special report that I created to help you create a marketing plan that will thrive in any economy. Again, that's smallbusinessmarketingroadmap.com. Go get it, read it, and start the road trip of your lifetime. See you on the other side.